So certain are you. Never tell me the odds. Do or do not. Welcome back to Cocktail Cinema, folks, your weekly movie review podcast. I am your first favorite bartender, third favorite author, Josh Price, and I am here to hijack the show because we're talking about something great. Who's we? Me, of course, and my co-host, Greg, and our hello. producer, Shasti. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, boys. Welcome. Glad to be here. And watchers and listeners, today we are talking about one of my all-time favorites, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. This movie came out in 1980. It was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, a lot of people think it was uh, George Lucas, but he handed this one off. It had a budget of $30.5 million, and it made... Five hundred and forty million dollars. Billion. Oh. It made half a billion dollars in nineteen eighty. Yeah. So <laughs> might as well. I mean, <laughs> in today's money, it, it probably is close to mm. you know three quarters of a billion or a billion dollars. But there's a good reason for that. That's because a lot of the same people came back from the first movie to do this second one. Grego, you want to talk on that? We'll start with Mark Hamill, <clears throat> Luke. That's Mr. Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford, Han Solo, my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. And uh, James Earl Jones, honorable mention, as the voice of Vader. Indeed, Absolutely. indeed. Darth Vader would not be anywhere near as intimidating as Eddie Izzard said if he had a Cockney accent. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> spot on. I'm Lord Vader. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I want to I wanna start this movie. By talking about the end of the movie, in a way. So, <clears throat> spoilers for a movie that's <laughs> 41 years old. Um, uh, somebody special gets frozen in carbonite. So what you have here is the Cloud City Carbonite. Mm. This is uh, one ounce of French Kiss. So French Kiss is a uh, citrus-infused uh, vodka liqueur. Um, and then you've got half an ounce of blue curacao. Quarter ounce of peach schnapps or peach tree, and three quarters of an ounce of pomme liqueur. Top that bad boy off with two ounces of sour. Give it a quick stir, and there's your Cloud City Carbonite. Smells great. Oh my god! (laughs) I know. I know. Tastes like pixie sticks. I don't even like sweet drinks. This is so good. (laughs) That is so good. Like that was why I was like, (laughs) I was like. Oh, this is this is some of my best work. Yeah, not this bad. This is some of my uh, best work. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, we should, just, we should just review this drink. Oh Lord, let's do that all day. Oh God, so good. Yeah, that is. Oh man, I'm proud of that one. Uh-huh. Like I'm always proud of my work, but that is top tier. It's making me tear up. Well, you know what makes <laughs> me tear up is watching this movie in a good way, not a bad way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, uh, the general consensus that this is the best Star Wars movie, or at least one of, you know, top two. Um, and there is good reason for that. So as I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, George Lucas did not direct this. And, uh, so George Lucas had written and directed the first Star Wars and then, uh, on counsel from his wife, who was very involved in his filmmaking, she said, you know, you're a little too close to the project. How about you bring in another writer and another director and you you just kind of give them your ideas and let them build around that. <clears throat> so 
Unfortunately, his first writer died during the pro- process, so he had to like finish up. But the Force. She did a phenomenal. Do- yeah, she returned to the Force. <laughs> um, she did a phenomenal job. She wrote a, a darker film, and the director did a great job of putting that to film. Um, so, regardless of how you feel about Star Wars in general, uh, in as far as the rest of film goes. It is pretty clear that this has this is a movie with direct vision, and it is it expands on the lore that it had mm-hmm. uh, from the, from the first film, and overall, just it's a fan favorite when it comes to and every Christmas you can look forward to another That's one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'm, I wasn't a fan of the new stuff. But, yeah, not you know. really me neither. I was a re- uh, you know Return of the Jedi kind of guy, but hey, we're, t- yeah, we're reviewing this one. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. Let's let's review the good one. Let's get after. Let's it. let's let's leave. Uh, my opinions on Return <laughs> of the Jedi out of this. We're going to leave my opinions <laughs> into this one. So, Greg, you and I have uh, notoriously gone back and forth mm-hmm. on the value of Star Wars and right. whether whether they're you know good movies or not. What do you think about this one? <clears throat> so let me prelude with saying mm-hmm. there is, I hold very much high value of what Star Wars did for movies and sci-fi and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They created a... Uh, a dynasty, uh, you know, something that's withstood the test of time and it keeps coming back from mm-hmm. generations and generations and generations. So let me start with that. On this movie, in my opinion, I, I wasn't too pleased with some of the aspects of this. I was watching it from a critical mm-hmm. eye. Um, the cutscenes with their little, their little shrooms. Yes, yeah. you know that was. I know it's, it's 80s, adorable. It's, it's 80s, adorable, but it's like, come on, guys, you know. And um, there was there's major plot holes. Um, but, well, they left really, open, but it, that's what the movie is for, basically, because it's uh, apparently it's episode five. Mm-hmm, right? Technically, yeah, yeah. So they started this knowing they're gonna go forward and then go mm-hmm. backwards. So it makes it hard for somebody to watch this movie as mm-hmm. a standalone film when they have twenty of them. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Plus or minus. <laughs> uh, well, let's see, uh, nine in the main series, then yeah, we. I mean, we've got eleven total. Okay. So. And then, and then and then and then series and the, the holiday right. the holiday special nobody likes to talk about. I mean, I love um, Han Solo in this movie. Boba of course, that's awesome. Um, I love how the movie carried itself. It, there's there's action right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. You know the weird alien. That, you know what? It's tough to see too. Is like the the original is not out there for us to see anymore. You know, it's like the remastered mm-hmm. version is the only stuff we can see. Yeah, with extended. So there's CGI added and, and everything like yeah. that, so it's different than what it was. Because I remember watching this when I was like mm-hmm. nine, ten years old, and it was not the same film. Mm-hmm. But good on them for kind of peeking up, perking up the well, yeah. The loose I, ends, I, I think a lot of fans are upset about that, but you know, he did update it for the times. Which you know, when when uh, Phantom Menace came out, he remastered and mm-hmm. added added some. That's CGI. one of the newer ones that I loved. Like after that one, like the, the 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 choreography, the fight choreography from that. Okay, one. okay. I, know, I, I was know, I was sorry, about sorry. to <laughs> I was about to go off. <laughs> All right, that, that part that strikes is, back is, is, is missing Jar Jar Binks. That's yeah, the only. Right, right, right. Um, I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. What I mind is the rest. He's of the best Sith Lord of all time. <laughs> He's well, yeah, yeah. We'll, when we when, when if sip. we cover, yeah, seriously. Um, I I want to go back to something you said. The plot holes. Mm. Maybe I'm too close to the uh, too closely tied to it. Would you point those out to me? Well, one of them that stands out to me is mm-hmm. that random. Couple kisses that brother and sister shared, and you don't know, really know what's going on until afterwards. And you're like, "Oh wait, wait, they like kind of sort of like made out." Well, they're just that kind of family. Right? <laughs> I guess, I mean, but they're, they're stealing kisses. You know, there's like two well, d- didn't you notice that in and your like favorite Star back. Wars movie, Han Solo realizes that while Leia's kissing him? 
That's what I'm saying. And, and, but it's not Luke, a plot hole. But Luke's like laying back, like, yeah, I'm the man. He like leans back like this, like, oh, yeah, that was good. He just got kissed by a warrior princess. Sister. He doesn't know that. <laughs> okay. Well, he's yeah. got the force. He should know. I mean, you got a smooch. Well, he I got guess. a little smooch. I guess he doesn't know his dad is. No he doesn't training. know his sisters are. No. Guess, no. This is the You think of it so far off and in, in futuristic points of view where there would be some kind of DNA thing that's in the future. No, this is that's a long time ago. Galaxy far a long time ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was galaxies. acceptable back then. <laughs> it's a different galaxy. <laughs> different galaxy, different time zones, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a time zone. Just because <laughs> they, they had better technology so doesn't mean they were more progressive. All right, well, that's that's one that was kind of creepy to me. It's creepy, yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything else that stands out to you as weird or as plot holy like that? Yeah, um, the connection between and how they actually got to Yoda's planet. Okay. Um, to Dogba. Dagaba. Yeah, Dagobah. I don't really Dagobah. understand. Like, I know they Dogbar. was, was kind of called there. <laughs> to the I bodega. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand how that, that it just happened. I mean, you can say the force. That's that's what the whole movie is blaming this thing on, is the force is like the, the central action of everything and, and controlling everyone. Well, and, and Kenobi's already gone at that point. He's just yeah. guiding. Well, and, He's just guiding Skywalker to Yoda. Well, he does. He, he does. Had, like R two D two, plot a, plot a course to the Dagobah system. So there's there like yes. it is on a map. Yes, yes, yes. It's just so. I don't know. It seems far fetched. I know it's a, it's a galaxy far far away, but but I think that's even a big like that. Like you're saying, like I think that's a plot point for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? That's okay. the most introspective part of any of these movies is mm-hmm. when Luke is trying. You call it introspective. I do, yeah, because oh, philosophical kinda, for sure. Yeah, he kind of yeah, had to go there, humble himself, mm-hmm. take. You know what I mean? He's losing his patience before mm-hmm. he realizes he's talking to, to Yoda, and yeah. it's funny. He loses I mean, his patience a lot with Yoda. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's funny. Like as soon as Ben starts talking, they mm-hmm. both like Yoda looks at up above the camera <laughs> and responding to Kenobi, <laughs> and Luke Luke hears it. I am ready. <laughs> no, I like he, he puts it together finally. Like, right, right. I well, think that cave scene has. A lot of yes symbolism. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 force cave, uh, where he's got to go in it. The 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 cave of introspection is a thing in philosophy, and I want to say Taoist, you know, hmm. uh, Taoist teaching where you you go into a mental cave and discover who you are. And the abominable, um, abominable snowman shows up. And you got to cut its arm off. No, no, no. The cave, <laughs> the cave where he he goes in and has a lightsaber fight uh, with the Darth Vader that turns okay. out to be him. Understood. Um, so that's that's Hoff. No, it, it's no not on Hoff. <laughs> the that's I have I have thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> the 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 scene on Dagobah where he has to go in and confront this imaginary this force conjured Darth Vader um, is important in a lot of ways because number one it kind of foreshadows the fact that Darth Vader is his father because oh it's it's part you but it also shows. Uh, it shows where they kind of wanted to take Return of the Jedi afterwards because, you know, this film very much sets up Luke as struggling between his light side and dark side because he's, he is impatient mm-hmm. like his father. He is too old like his father. Mm-hmm. He is he's all of these things that his father was and things that are implied to be Darth Vader's weaknesses right. or, or Anakin's weaknesses right. that led him to be Darth Vader. Luke has all of those flaws yeah. and... It, it, in an alternate version of of Return of the Jedi, Luke would have also fallen. Like there was an alternate ending, right? Where Luke would have no, would have for taken sure. over. And we've talked about movies that have this kind of trope as well, mm-hmm. like the Messiah trope. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that the struggle with good and evil. Why me? Why now? Why here? 
This mm-hmm. falls into that. Totally. Completely. Right, do- uh, Dogma had it, you know, yeah. just a few months back. Where it's a it's 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 why Lord of the Rings it's it's it is it is a very common thing in in all of literature and I mean a lot of that is simply because the heroes struggle yeah the the heroes struggle the heroes journey yeah. the heroes triumph um that those are Joseph Campbell tenets mm-hmm. and George Lucas at this point in his life is starstruck by Joseph Campbell and it shows like you can't blame the guy like uh, at that age you know 25 27 i was also enamored with joseph campbell but i've come to learn he's kind of up his own ass (laughs) you know everybody learns everybody grows but it 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 still makes for a good story you know those are those are basic adventure story tropes um man this drink is delicious it is right Mm. now i am gonna throw out i i told you yesterday i had a little bit of trivia that i was hanging on to okay um, ding, 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 the, ding, this movie also ding, technically has an alternate ending. So when they filmed the scene where Darth Vader tells Luke Skywalker he's his father, uh, there was a minimal number of, pe- of people on set. Uh, it was like a sound guy, a cameraman, George Lucas, the director, and the guy who played Darth Vader, and Luke. Okay. So there's like what, seven people. Um, which is a, a small crew, sure, for for a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the way it was filmed was, uh, Darth Vader says, uh, "I didn't kill your father." Or, or but, well, um, what does he say? Uh, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. Mm-hmm. And the next line is not "No," like in our movie, it's "No, I am your father." Right. Darth Vader's next line is, "Obi Wan killed your father." Mm. So. Everybody on set got that ending. The only person who knew the real line was James Earl Jones. Really? So when James Earl Jones recorded his lines, he had to be hush-hush. And everybody everybody thought that Obi-Wan was going to turn out to be the villain. And then when they did the premiere, even yeah. even Mark Hamill came out of it going, I didn't know how this movie ended. All right. So I was well, going to – I was thinking about this just – and I was going to ask you this just from a writer's standpoint. Mm-hmm. And Greg brought up the plot hole thing. Mm-hmm. And this isn't necessarily what I think is a plot hole, but you telling me that story mm-hmm. makes me want to ask my question even more. Like, yeah. I know George Lucas has so much of the backstory covered and mm-hmm. so much of the next movie yeah. or story covered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where when was that conceptualized? Does does somebody know when? Like, because uh, we see, like, we like uh, say, like, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the stories is ahead of the books by yeah. the time you're in the last season, mm-hmm. and they're kind of scrambling to come. You know what I mean? I, yeah. we, we see a lot of times that when there's a ton of content, even stuff that's preconceived, that there's enough that gets developed mm-hmm. as it's being written, yeah. and that kind of tells me that maybe because with if, yeah. if that was the ending, right? Mm-hmm. And Vader wasn't. Yeah, Anakin, like they even talk about Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. and if they they could have just not made Vader Anakin. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Anakin was just Luke's dad. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that was something that was developed as it was? I mean, obviously, that's, actually, they, yeah, that's, they, a, really they, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. So yeah. the the you're smirking over there. I'm curious of like how that how that's conceptualized. No, it's a good question for sure. So the character of Darth Vader was accidentally named that. So he was well, not accidentally, but he was named. Like Darth Vader is very loosely translated in German to Dark Father, right? Sure. So Vater. Th- that was really initially in what we call New Hope or the first Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It was initially conceived as like Obi Wan was supposed to be the Light Father and Darth Vader was supposed to be the Dark Father, to because those are the Joseph Campbell tenets. 
the dark the, the dark side of the father, the light side of the father. Right. Where Vader being Luke's dad comes into play is it's that that that's not a thing until the Ruth something, I forget her name, the writer came in and she's like, Hey, we're gonna turn everything on its on its side. Um, that was not a George Lucas idea. That was her the, the writer who passed away. Amazing. That was her idea. Amazing. She's cool. like, This needs to be a family affair. Wow. And it needs to All be right. a secret. So I it's mean, like, I'm not gonna say that they couldn't you know start yeah, off mm-hmm. with Phantom Menace yeah. and going back to Anakin's origin story without that. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There was a huge gap mm-hmm. when these movies came out to when we were yeah. kids. Yeah, going to see them and it's, yeah. right. it's like Instead of every Christmas. I've always kind of always known. I've yeah. known. Yeah, you always know. But I'm saying I've always wondered from a writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. I know you can't tell me at, like at what point what was going yeah. on when that woman stepped mm-hmm. up George Lucas and gave him that idea, but in my mind that was always, it was always brought up a way yeah. like that, and that's, yeah, yeah, it's it, really it, cool. Yeah, it's 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 a especially this original trilogy. It, it's it's fascinating to see how it came together mm-hmm. because Lucas was really just trying to tell a cowboy story in space while still weaving in. You know these philosophical elements. I mean, he's, he's relatively fresh out of college, so that's a really good way to put it. The cowboy cowboy mm-hmm. movie in space. I mean, it is with, with philosophy. That's that, pretty yeah. much exactly that's, what this movie that is, is yeah. like George Lucas even puts it that way. That's why uh, Luke Skywalker's from a desert planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and it's it, it's supposed to give space western vibes, not quite the way that like Cowboy Bebop does. Right. Uh, shout out Spike, <laughs> um, but in a in a very unique like Shane kind of way. Where Shane is a cowboy movie set in the desert, but it's not necessarily just a cowboy movie set in the desert. Yeah. This is this is a space opera, but it's also a space western, and it it facilitates the use of the action and the philosophy the way that Shane does. Shane is a very philosophical film. It's about a guy who doesn't want to pick up his guns again, and one of the tenets of the Jedi is to find peace whenever possible. You know, so it's someone who doesn't want to pick up weapons, doesn't want to kill doesn't want to be a warrior he's just kind of right. i need to save the princess so i'm still like i'm thinking of star wars as, a, as, a, as an opera musical <laughs> i think it would work I actually mean, <laughs> it, it would it's like it a would. symphony, <laughs> symphony <laughs> orchestra. It's, well it's it, you know it's, it's like it's like poetry it rhymes yeah, yeah, my, stuff my, like uh, that, yeah. my star wars fans are yelling at me right now well, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> such a, like george lucas when he wrote when he was like filming the phantom menace he's like oh it's got to start on a desert planet everything's got to got to rhyme it's like poetry and uh, but yeah, so George George Lucas had a hand in the writing of this movie. He really takes over from Return of the Jedi, and then and then just went yep batshit. That's my the, baby. With the original with the second trilogy, yep. yeah. with the prequel trilogy. Yeah, but yeah, that's my baby. Um, <laughs> this, I know how much yeah. he takes other people's inputs. There's like the. Like the car manual, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go back to your car manual, like yeah. for like the Millennium Falcon, like yeah. the me- mechanics manual, you know what I mean? I know he like loves people's inputs mm-hmm. and the whole like fan lore behind everything takes mm-hmm. that to heart. That's really yeah. cool though. Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it is very cool. And speaking of the money, fuck up, another plot hole. Who's mm-hmm. driving that thing through the asteroid field? <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, this, this baby's got a few tricks up his sleeve. You haven't seen yet, man. You got autopilot. Both. Hey. Autopilot, they're going through an astrophysics, they're dot, bot, This is not, wind. you gotta remember, this is not just any ship. This is the well, ship that made it. the same made ship the that they had to, they had to bang on the side for you to run. Sex. That's a ship you get out of Shady Deal when you're a degenerate gambler. Um, if, if, if you want the, the, the boring nerd answer, uh, a lot of the time it's because the Millennium, like the when you're piloting the Millennium Falcon, it's, you're not like 
driving it and steering it necessarily. You've put in coordinates and jump stops. Asteroid field. So asteroid yeah. field. Well, he's driving yeah. for that. <laughs> it's a part in some of it. Han Solo mm-hmm. and Chewie and Chewie down there. Yeah, they left poor, poor. Uh, well, C-3PO's, Lando C-3PO's and, and Princess well, Leia. Leia. Lando, Lando can drive. It was originally his the, ship. Psh, psh. Yeah, right. They're, still, they're clanking it like a... <laughs> I'm not going to hey use man, slur, hey man. slur here, but... He, he, never tell him the odds. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> Chances are he made it. Um, no. It, it, okay, I'll give you that one. All right, thanks. I'll give you thanks. that one. Thanks. I don't... Scored. Scored. I don't see it as plot hole, but... <laughs> I think it's because I'm so, indo- <laughs> I'm so indoctrinated with this is what they were doing. The your eyes when the ship was so flying themselves. Your <laughs> eyes rolled so hard there, your head almost spun there, Josh. <laughs> I'll give you this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, um, I think this is by far the best, the best Star Wars movie. I think the only one that comes close is Rogue One, and it's only because Rogue One like really tugs the heartstrings. Um, but this is this is the most cohesive Star Wars movie we've ever gotten. It is it is emotionally balanced. The action is well done. I mean we're we're it's it's I said it was a western, but it's also a samurai movie because westerns were based on samurai movies. So you have you know a little bit of sword play. It's not very good, but it's yeah, there. A, a neo you know? Neo Katana. Yeah. And the philosophy that comes with a Western or a or a right. samurai film is there. Um, you know, there's there's the elements of doubt. There's the elements of the growth. There's the elements of the f- the the f- the killed my family. Rejecting the call to rejecting mm-hmm. the call to action and uh, accepting the call to action and just all of these steps that again Joseph Campbell lays out. And these are just if you just read the chapter <laughs> the the chapter outlines for Here with a Thousand Faces, you're just reading the bullet points for the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. which works they they're i mean especially in the first two you know new hope and 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 empire they're not trying to be anything necessarily special they're just trying to be effective Mm -hmm. um and beyond that that's another discussion but here i think it does what it sets out to do it's darker it's different it's grittier and i mean it's 1980 and we we just reviewed friday the 13th this is miles ahead of friday the 13th as far as visuals and directing and storytelling 100 percent crazy yeah so, not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. Um, I I know I should wrap this up because I will talk Star Wars <laughs> yeah. all night long. Um, Grego, any last thoughts before we uh, before we move to? Yeah, I guess I have stuff? one. Um, just when I'm asked the question or anybody asks the question, mm-hmm. do you like Star Wars? Mm-hmm. It's never one, two, three. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a whole rounded scope of things. Like yeah, you're enveloped in the whole frame of thought. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is treat this movie as a standalone film Mm -hmm. and I do like the conception of these films Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to feed into the hype the whole gamut of the whole fair enough family of Star Wars I'll fight with you about that later alright you know (laughs) (laughs) we've wrestled before (laughs) Shasti any last thoughts Uh, I guess my only last thought before I go into my Last, last thoughts for mm-hmm. Raiden. leads to hate. Hate leads to suck. Yeah. Dark, <laughs> hey, dark side is always going to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Eventually the sun must set. If you look throughout nine of these movies, 
how many good guys die versus bad guys? <laughs> and how much longer the guys on the dark side? Okay, spe- especially in I'm the prequels, kidding. like I'm, thousands I'm of good guys. I'm the Sith Lord. I'm, the, I'm a senior <laughs> Sith, Sith Lord. Sith Lord shot. Fair enough. Senior Sith Lord. Fair enough. No, I love the movie. Um, I'll I'll make my last point on yeah. the on the rating. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, I just if you haven't seen it, like how? But right. It won't, how did how did you find this podcast? If you haven't seen this, <laughs> move the rock but, from over your you head. Know, yeah, I mean, go go watch go watch Star Wars, and if you only watch one Star Wars film i just wanted to say i think it should be this one i got a buddy me and greg got a buddy <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's never seen any star wars <laughs> at, at all not even like like if it's on he'll turn it off just because he, 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 he tells me he tells me that him, what? He, look at your face <laughs> look at your face hold on look at josh's face he tells me that the reaction of him telling people <laughs> that he's never seen a, a star wars movie is better than any movie he's ever watched <laughs> in his entire life and i and i'm like yep you gotta watch it, but maybe you don't. Oh, wow, great. that's yeah. I know you're almost crying over there. <laughs> I'm flush. I'm flush. Putting my world in a spin. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I mean, the only people who haven't seen the Star Wars were in the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were in the Star Wars, yeah. Ted. Anyway, all right. So, uh, this is that's the part good. of the show where we rate the movie. We hear typical opinions. Like to use a scale of zero to hundred tacos, so hundred tacos being the best, and zero being the worst. And I don't think anything's gotten a zero yet, thankfully. And Greg, out of hundred tacos, what do you give The Empire Strikes Back? I give this short and sweet. I'm gonna match the year eighty. Fair enough. I can respect it. I can respect it. Shasti. So with this, maybe not being my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Remember Rogue Squadron for 64? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about Empire Strikes that Back. That was great, actually. All right. Is my the favorite fight? thing about Star Wars in general has always been Boba Fett. And nobody yeah. knew he was from the planet Mandalorian yeah. before the Mandalorian came out, right? My yeah. second favorite thing of all time in Star Wars is the mm-hmm. AT Walker. Yeah. And just that mission on 64 <laughs> Rogue yeah. Squadron. Yeah. Even Empire Strikes Back for, for Super Nintendo mm-hmm. was really hard. And the AT, the AT mm-hmm. Walker level was completely different. It is tough though. Yeah, but I remember that. The movie. I give I give Empire Strikes Back an eighty-eight. Excellent, Ooh. excellent, nice, it's a banger, excellent. It's what banger about you, Josh? Yeah. Um, what is your favorite? You know what? I'll escalate. I'll escalate. Uh, I give The Empire Strikes Back an eighty-nine. I don't think that any Star Wars movie to date uh, is in the upper echelon of film in general. However, uh, there is an an. A very commendable level of philosophy and story and and, and cohesive storytelling in uh, especially this film um, I think all the characters really start to come into their own and so this is this is an 88 for, or an 89 for me okay um, I, I dig it I dig it I dig and look at these poor look sh- at these poor that. souls we have a uh, <laughs> we we have a, uh, a critic score of ninety four and an audience score of ninety seven. Well, we're low balling this bitch. No, I'm not. Yes, yes you are. Yes you are. <laughs> nice drink though. I mean, you, thank you, thank you. But I mean, not all your opinions can be right. They're yeah. sippable at least. Well, this is true. This is true. This is true. That was a good one. Thanks. I, I give you your points back. <laughs> so. With our critic score out of the way, our personal scores out of the way, dear audience, what do you rate Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, Episode Five? <laughs> um, put it down in the comments. Let us know why you rate it higher or lower. Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Do you think Greg's wrong because he is? 
let us know. <laughs> let us know. Um, and, you know, while you're doing that, do all the other fun things. You know what they are. We've talked about it. We're friends now. He's <laughs> right. We are. Yeah. And even though I disagree with one of my friends tonight, I still love him. And it'll be okay, I think. Maybe. <laughs> uh, this has been an episode of Cocktail Cinema, folks. Greg. Josh. No, thank you for being here. <laughs> no, here we go. No. I, uh, going to I, I, there's a lot of booze in this. I'm getting squirrely. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, thank you for being Thanks, here. Josh. It is always a pleasure to be here Absolutely. in the studio with you. Shasti, as always, making us sound good and better yes. than we deserve. Master of the mix over here. Oh, yeah. The modem. And from one failed Jedi apprentice to a bunch of others, I gotta say goodbye. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Oh.